0: This will be a nice little companion piece to last week's episode of Pitch Pass, which featured Griffin Yao giving you the player side of the conversation that we're going to continue inside this episode of Pitch Pass, which is sponsored by Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earthquakes, DC course. United, Los, Los Angeles Galaxy, Pitch Pass, this is my Colorado place. Rapids, Vancouver Whitecaps, white, Orlando City SC. This is my- all Impact, NYC, MC, MC, Seattle Sounders.
1: Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach.
0: Well, as United takes a little break from league play, we have been focusing on the next wave of United players in Loudoun United. We talked to Donovan Pines recently. We talked to Griffin Yao recently. It only makes sense that we get kind of the coach's side, the front office side of all of the young players moving through the academy to Loudoun United and into D.C. United. And for that, we bring in the new head coach of Loudoun United, as well as the director of D.C. United's academy, Ryan Martin. Ryan, how are you, my friend? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for taking uh, some time to talk with me.
1: Yeah, no worries. No worries. Thanks for having me on.
0: You know, Ryan, I was going to say thanks for taking a few minutes to talk to me, but uh, as I was kind of going over what I wanted to talk to Ryan Martin about, I I feel like we're going to be here for seven hours, so hopefully you've carved out a big block of time.
1: Oh, I'm ready. He got me early in the day, so I'm ready to go. All
0: right. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I'm going to try my best to kind of divvy this conversation up into two parts. Uh, First, we'll talk about your current situation, but uh, I'm fascinated with the Academy uh, and everything to do with the Academy. So the second part, we'll get into uh, what you were doing prior to head coach of Loudoun United. Perfect. But I, I, I will start, though, by asking, what is the situation with your role in the academy uh, as it pertains now? I, I, I assume we're in a really fluid situation because of the timing of how this announcement came down. But what is the long-term plan and, and what's the short-term plan for who's going to run the academy?
1: Yeah, so right now, you know, essentially, you know, I'm helping kind of bridge the gap at this point. but between the usl role and and you know the academy role there's a need for multiple people to kind of really really pitch in and and uh you know continue to build the project the way we want to do it so um from my end I'm, i'm kind of in there but also we have a number of good people on staff that are ready to you know really kind of elevate their roles whether it's a Dave Sanford, who, who kind of acted as my academy manager, to Gus Terran, um, to Nate Kish. So it's, a, it's a, an academy that has a lot of experienced guys that are ready to, to kind of chip in. And I know the club will make a, you know, a formal announcement here in the next couple of weeks about, about where you know, who's coming in next to kind of run it. But me being around makes it very easy, and, and even taking this role, Um, You know, it's not like I'm leaving the Academy. In fact, for me, this is one of the most important parts of the Academy is is bridging this gap between, you know, the youth and also Ben and the first team. So for me, it's, you know, I'm basically working as an extension of the Academy, just in a different, a different world.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the, the, uh, a lot of my questions are kind of intertwined with each other, but you kind of cleared it all up with, with one statement, and, and that is the fact that, that Loudon United kind of act as as that bridge between the first team and the academy, which is kind of perfect a perfect role for you, uh, especially considering your experience and what you've done up until this point and kind of uh, managing the situation as you go from taking these kids and getting these kids professional experience and moving them hopefully up to the first team.
1: No question, and, and like I said, even my background, being in college for eight years, you know, I we always thought of that when I was at Wake Forest as as a development piece in the big pyramid of the game, you know. And I'm fortunate to be dealing with you know similar age kids and even kids that are younger, where it's like their aspirations are to be professionals, and can I provide a platform and environment and put them out of their comfort zone where they have to make decisions and and grow, um, you know, quickly as possible. So hopefully one day they can start playing for Ben in the first team, you know, and for me that's it's a perfect role for me because it's what I believe in. It's still part of development, but it also has a professional feel and it also um, you know, challenges the kids and, and gives them opportunities.
0: I was gonna say that this is kind of a perfect time if we're gonna transition, uh, as far as an academy director is concerned, because we're kind of entering that off season for for youth soccer players. Then I kind of thought to myself, wait a second it is kind of becoming a year-round situation, which is a little bit of a scary thought as a father of of, of kids who play <laughs> soccer. Um, but th- if, if there was a time to, to make this kind of transition, this would be the time before you guys start with your fall planning uh, as far as the academy is concerned and, and maybe the, the little bit of a gap in schedule as far as matches and tournaments are concerned.
1: Yeah, no question. I think the other the other piece is is, is you know obviously USL is in full swing, so that obviously opens the door once playoffs are over for the U17 team and opens the door for a lot of those kids to start training with with Loudon, as well as you know getting minutes. And I think you know I've already tried to give a couple of guys some opportunities that they deserved, and um, you know hopefully more of those guys will continue to train with us, earn their opportunity, and and, and really kind of try to make the transition to a professional level where they have to earn playing time, you know, winning then becomes important. And then I also play the, the, you know, the role and the balance of, yeah, well, winning is important, but you also have to develop and get minutes and make mistakes to to get there. So hopefully when you get to Ben and we're playing Philadelphia in an open cup, then you get your opportunity. You're prepared.
0: I have two sticky questions to ask you. One and your for your current position and one for the position you're you're kind of phasing out or transitioning out of. Are you ready for the first sticky question, Ryan? I feel like this 3-minute conversation has broken the ice between us.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Um
0: it seems, and your responses have kind of reinforced that, you are the perfect person to be the guy running and United or coaching Loudoun United, which then brings up the whole, well, why haven't you been running Loudoun United the entire time? Richie Williams, uh, great guy, great coach, uh, but why did it take him moving on for you to then move into that role?
1: Yeah, I think anytime you have someone of, you know, Richie's pedigree he's worked in the U seventeen national team, so he's worked with top elite youth players and you know, having, you know, you know, him as an extra resource into the club I think strengthened the club as a whole, you know, from D C all the way down. So you had me as the Academy Director, Richie is involved as well, and then uh, you know, Ben and everybody at the top. So I think adding a person of Richie's, you know, quality I think really strengthened things. He obviously got a fantastic opportunity and took that and then you know, when, uh, when that happened, you know, Dave and I, Dave Castor and myself spoke, and I said I would love to, to really, you know, push this thing forward and really make a, um, you know, really kind of cap off our academy and what we've been trying to do, you know, not only through my time, but before me with Nolan Sheldon as well. So, no. um, yeah, for me, Richie coming in was a positive for the club. And, and like I said, you know, things happen in the game. And when they asked me, I said I was ready for that in my, uh, in my journey as a coach.
0: Did you uh, did you go for it the first time? That this is that's the real sticky question, Ryan.
1: <laughs> did I, I had conversations about it, but like you said, it was you know timing might not have been ideal at that True. point because it was kind of in the middle of the season. Um, you know, Dave and I spoke, and and you know when he said you know Richie was coming in, I was very supportive and helping push guys forward, and and I don't know if the timing would have made sense. Um, and this last time, for me, it was a, a no-brainer. Like you said, it was kind of coming towards the end of the season. I felt very positive about where we were with the academy, about the staff that was you know, doing great work. And so when I did get the shot, and, and you know, I, I wanted it this time um, around, so it worked out great.
0: So let's talk about uh, kind of your your a little bit of your past as far as you you were a recruiter uh, for for Wake Forest as, as well as a coach you helped uh, harks put together FC Cincinnati when they were uh, pre MLS how is this situation kind of the next evolution uh, I, I feel like it is because you have kind of uh, solidified your credibility as a recruiter, this is a chance for you to kind of solidify the other side of the coin which is a coach.
1: No, for sure. And and, and you know, I'm very thankful for, you know, Jason and Dave Casper and ever to give me the opportunity to coach and be the head coach of Loudoun and um, you know, excited for this next chapter. In terms of my background, it's you know, I've been I've been fortunate to be around some very good soccer people, whether it's you know, my father who's a, you know, the all time winningest soccer coach in college soccer history to you know Jay Vidovich, who I think is one of the best down when I was at Wake. Who's now at University of Pittsburgh, and then Harsey at, at FC Cincinnati. So I've been around some incredible soccer people. I've been very fortunate, and uh, you know from my time at Wake, I really evolved and, and you know recruited some of the top players not only in the uh, in the country, but even like a Jack Harrison, who's going over, who went over to you know Leeds United to you know Ian Hart, Jalen Robinson, Colin Martin, who've been through our academy, and worked with Ico Oparas. John Baquero so you know a number of guys that have gone on to the league. and then um, I actually spent three, three months with Greg Berholter up in the crew before I went with Harkshee to Cincinnati and I ran their U23 program. so you know just another um, just kind of another person to learn and grow from really. and then I got the call from Harshee to go start something brand new which you know for me it was you know a club that hadn't even didn't have legs, didn't have a name, didn't have colors we didn't even have a stadium at that point. So to go in there and basically start something from the ground up and finish third in the league and and put that roster together for me was an incredible opportunity and in, and in, in terms of my growth was fantastic and then over the past little bit you know coaching the U17s as well as running the academy has just been another part of my evolution so you know, kind of in terms of my experience has been around a lot in terms of my experience has done a lot of different roles and so for me it's. Uh, you know the next step in my career, and that's why when Dave offered me the position, I was ready to jump at it because um, you don't get opportunities like this often.
0: Uh, I feel like you never miss an opportunity to drop in that your dad's the all-time winningest coach in college soccer history. Uh, it's
1: very... Yeah, yeah he, 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 he would kill me if I didn't throw that in there.
0: <laughs> well, I'll give you a chance to brag on him for a second. Which, uh, which aspect of, of your two kind of strengths did he help the most with? Uh, the recruiting, which I'm sure he's had to do, to become, I'll say it, the all-time winningest coach in college soccer history, or the actual X's and O's, the coaching of of players.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's like if you, you know if you ask my dad, he you know one you know will admit he was never a very good soccer player. In fact, played professional basketball over in Germany, and that's kind of where he fell in love with the game. So the biggest things I, I always take away from him, um, one would be the man management side of of the game and how you relate to people, how you relate to kids, and how you can get the, the most out of them. And then the other side is is how important like the like the mental side of the game is. You know, before uh, he he's been um, you know through his PhD and masters, has been studying it for quite some time. And so it's you know between leadership, between mental strength, between how to deal with with adversity. You know, these are things he's instilled in his players and people around, which I've really taken towards you know my career, um, you, you know, moving forward. So. From his end, you know, I think those are just very important. It's like, how do you get the most out of a person? How do you relate to a person? And how do you help them grow? Um, and those have been things I've, I've taken from him.
0: In, on the surface, it would seem like, oh, Ryan Martin's perfect because he knows all the academy kids. He can he can uh, make a more sound, a more informed decision on when to blood them into Loudoun United. Were there any challenges? Because there's a difference between, hey, this is my youth soccer coach and this is is my professional soccer coach. Uh, were there were there any talks that had to be have? Were there any kind of a, a thing where you had to go to some of these academy kids, going, "Hey, the dynamics going to be a little bit different, and here's what it's going to be like, and this is why."
1: No, I don't think so. I think you know, one is when I came in here, it, you know, I had professional experience of you know being a, a top assistant in USL and finishing third, and you know the I think we had the league MVP, Golden Boot winner, Golden Glove, and a couple. So it's like I've had experiences there. I've worked with. MLS Defenders of the Year. So for me, you know, that part wasn't as difficult for me. I think the biggest one is, is any player at any age, whether it's a seasoned veteran or whether it's a youth player, it's like they're all looking for really two things, and that's honesty, and it's just a, a pathway to help them improve as a player. Um, you know, and those are things that I think everybody I've worked with will say that, I'm, I, I, you know, whether one way or another, I've been honest and try to help most people kind of get to where they want to go. Um, so, no, it hasn't really been tough, and a lot of the guys that are not academy players in the locker room I've worked with before or coached against when I was at Wake, so we've got you know Calais from Virginia and Kyle Murphy from Clemson and Andy Lubon, who I worked with at Wake, so, uh, yeah, so for me, it, it hasn't been that big of a transition, and for my end, it's, it's coaching, and all, all guys want the same thing, and can I provide that atmosphere and environment.
0: You guys are on a a road trip, so to speak. You've had a, you've had a, one, two matches at Audi Field. Uh, two still to go. In fact, the next two matches that Loud United will have will be at Audi Field uh, for the rest of this month. What's been the bigger challenge uh, for you, as you've seen it as an outsider, and now somebody who's working in the day to day? Is it has it been the the endless road trip, so to speak, or the the kind of uh, the temporary training grounds of where you are now, as opposed to where you're going to be long term?
1: I think anytime you go on the road quite a bit, it can be challenging. You know, I, I want to say like last week when we were at, um, Thrill park in Louisville was actually kind of came at a, a good timing for me in terms of my transition, because, you know, anytime you can get the group on the road, get them together for five days in a row, really helps with camaraderie, but it also helps me allow to put the message in and put a, you know, a, a twist on the style of play and also to help um, you know, meet with all the individuals just to get a pulse on them, pulse on the team, and how we can kind of keep developing things. So, you know, it's been, yeah, from the outside, it's, it's been a little bit long, but like the first team last year, it's like we get a bunch of home games at the end where we can make a really big run to get into the playoffs. You knew Loudoun
0: United, I guess, uh, from being a part of DC United before you took the head co- coaching position. Uh, so I would assume that the the kind of getting up to speed period was a lot shorter for you than somebody who came from outside the organization.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, you know, from from the way our organization works is. You know, Dave Castro's office is right next to me. Stuart Mayor's the technical director. You know, he's right down the hall. Ben Olson's three down. So, you know, from that end, it was very easy in terms of. You know, I was always asked about different players as they're putting the roster together, helping. You know, it's it's kind of a a collective effort at the club from the first team all the way through the academy. So. You know, I have constant conversations with Ben and his staff about who's playing in different games, what they want to see, how we can keep helping mold that, you know, academy guys, how they're doing, how they're progressing through not only USL, but the academy itself. And so, so yeah, so there's always constant communication between, you know, Dave, myself, Stuart, Ben, um, and, and it makes it makes it easy to work with that way. So yeah, I knew all the players. I've seen most of the games. I, I was fortunate to, help put together a little bit of the roster in terms of just different thoughts and different things on people. And then obviously the academy side, I know those guys very, very well. Uh,
0: I, I want to. have homegrown signing questions, but I think I'm going to save that for the second part of our conversation. But I do want to ask you, what is the, and I, I, I assume that you won't give us all of the details, but I would ask you to kind of just give us a little insight as to how you guys as, a, as an organization uh, decide how who is going to play from the Academy in Loud United, how many minutes, that sort of situation. Uh, taking kind of Griffin out of it since he's he's already signed his deal, but I'm thinking about the the guys that you brought up in the last couple of weeks. How does that kind of work and, and how long does that process take for you to, to put together a game plan or a blueprint for each particular player?
1: So uh... Yeah, so a number of different ones, you know, one is anybody that's basically assigned come, you know, it's a direct conversation with Dave Casper, Ben, myself and, and, you know, their staff in terms of, all right, here's how many minutes, you know, whether it's Antonio or Donovan or someone coming back from injury or Griff, um, you know, so that's an easy one. Kids coming up from the Academy, you know, when I was the director and, and you know, so ours, like I gave constant updates on, you know, who our high potential players were, who guys that we think can be pros and guys that we really think can make it. So, you know, going into it, I you know, when I talked to Dave, I was like, Look, here's here's five or six guys that I really want to start getting involved, whether it's just training, whether it's you know, coming off the bench, whether it's light minutes and then so each week. You know I'll send a roster over to Dave Stewart, Ben. We'll have a conversation you know why this I like this blah, blah blah and and then we 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 make the decision based off that in terms of our game plan, um you know I've also been fortunate enough to be around the club for you know two and a half years so between, you know, Nolan, Ben, the the first team staff, you know, my youth academy staff, you know, Dave, we've we've really put together um, kind of a philosophical methodology of of our system of play from the first team down. Um, And so from, from my end, it's like everybody, whether it's a first team player or the USL player or an academy player, should know the roles and expectations of each of their position. So when the kids have to come in and play as an eight with the USL team, the, the responsibility is not dissimilar than an eight from the first team right. or an eight from the academy. So, so you know, I've been, you know, that's been a big one, is just trying to really emphasize, all right, academy is, we've got to put it more into the USL, and then, you know, now that now that when they get their chance, when Griffin plays as a left winger, here's his responsibilities, and here's how, you know, going from Louisville to going against Philly tonight, it's like here's your role and here's your responsibility in the system of play.
0: So, sounds very easy. Uh, I'm sure it takes a lot more <laughs> as far as the back end's concerned. Uh, but I think that somebody like Lindegard, who uh, just made his uh, pro debut as an academy player, only played the first half. That was was that the plan?
1: Yeah, yeah. For, it was it was the plan going into it because you know I wanted to also see the kid Connor Preston play as a right back. Um, so that was the plan going in. We were going to give him 45, give him his debut. And then look to to attack more in the second half with more of an attacking right back. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's the kind of things that you as the USL, uh, the transitional coach between the academy and the first team, these are the kind of things that you have to think about that maybe a first team coach uh, doesn't have to think about as far as his game plan is concerned.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Ben, Ben, and their staff. Their biggest thing is: can they win? Can they get three points? And it's really at all costs. And and you know, it doesn't matter about the lineup or you know, you know, they have a system of play they want to do it the, you know their way, which is all the way through the academy. You know, my role is to facilitate. You know, two things: one is to facilitate the first team in terms of you know who, who I can get minutes to, how many minutes they can play, and then also to really, really, uh, really increase the. You know the amount of time, or the, the you know decreased amount of time it takes from a kid to get from the academy to the first team. So to really um, improve development at a faster rate. So it's kind of a it's a unique position to kind of be almost in limbo between the two. But like I said, for me, it's it's still a big part of development and and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about development and how they can kind of make that jump. So, for me, it's, a, uh, it's an easy one. You know, if Ben comes down and says, you know, Joseph Mora needs X amount of minutes, then no problem because one is Joseph Mora can really help Griffin Yowes and the guys around him out of Lundegaards. And then he can also get his 45 minutes to make sure he's fit and healthy for when the first team plays, um, you know, Philly or whoever it is next.
0: Uh, Ryan, I'm going to take that as you breaking news on the Pitch Pass podcast that Mora is uh, starting to get his fitness back and will be uh, getting some minutes with Loud United over the course of the next few weeks so that he's ready when uh, their season resumes, their league season resumes. Is that, is that fair to write that
1: down? Oh. <laughs> that, 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 that was an example. Oh, that I was just know, an, okay. Uh, it was just a hypothetical. I get it. I get it. You just hypothetical. you hypothetically
0: pulled out the guy who broke his jaw and is kind of working his way back, and we're all waiting for. Him. I get it. Totally, totally hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break here, and we uh, we can kind of move into the next part of our conversation, which which I want to get into, which is uh, a lot of academy stuff. So we'll uh, take a break here. We'll come back with more with Ryan Martin next on Pitch Pass. It's summertime at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and they're bringing back your fan favorite, the watermelon mojito smoothie. Try it with their barbecue chicken flatbread. It's the perfect summer pairing. Eat better, feel better. Tropical Smoothie Cafe, proud sponsor of D.C. United. If you're a craft beer lover, make sure you check out my podcast, Head Retention I Do. It's a collab between myself and the good people at Flying Dog. The latest episode is about beer and fitness, keeping your fitness up while also enjoying your love of craft beer. The new episode, which will drop on Monday, will feature our conversation and thoughts on the merger between Dogfish Head and Samuel Adams. Very, very, very hot topic in the craft beer world right now. You can get our thoughts in the next edition of Head Retention. Available through the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's make the transition here uh, into part two, which is kind of uh, your academy stuff and, and leading up to you being the coach. And a good transition question would be, this is an interesting time, as you said, as the USL season is going on through the spring, now summer, and into the fall. However, some of, most of these academy kids, I would assume, uh, have been playing the academy season, which, if they continue to get minutes with Loudoun United, would be – basically a year-round if they're continuing to train. How do you juggle uh, right now the this, this situation where you've got 16-, 17-, 18-year-olds who you want to manage their minutes, but also you want to give them professional minutes at the time when they're available to take them, which is in the summertime when they are usually resting?
1: Yeah, to be honest, that's where like you know that's where we talk about a collective effort from the club. You have a guy like you know Johnny Northeast who's director of sports performance, and Daniel Kirwan who does the USL side of things, and and it comes down to you know communication between who's playing what, and especially like the U17s are preparing to go to the playoffs next week. So you know you look at like a Moses and a you know, you know even like uh, Ted Kudipatcher didn't play and a Brian Ko, and those are guys that are going to go and play significant roles next week. So it becomes you know What did we do in training last week when they were traveling? How much did the travel take out of them? How can we reduce it to make sure that they're as healthy as possible? And those are conversations that are, that are basically coming from Johnny and his staff in terms of, no, here's the, here's the profile, or here's what we need to do is go into these different events. They need a break here. Um, and and, and uh, so we kind of take his lead. But again, it comes down to just a collective effort within the club.
0: How did United get you? You have a really nice pedigree as we kind of went over in the first segment but um, this is, this was a different role than one that you had assumed for any of the other spot stops along the way. Uh, what appealed to you about the United gig and, and how did they end up uh, bringing you in not even two years ago?
1: Yeah. So I had, I had a couple of different opportunities, you know, different things. And I basically, I came in and um, I sat down with Dave Casper for I think three hours. It was, you know, a couple of Decembers ago. And, you know, we, we spent three hours together talking the game and it was, you know, my philosophy, his philosophy, the way you see things, where the club's going, how it all works. Um, and I walked out of the, the office and I was like, wow, that's a place I, I want to work. Um you know, it's it, it was. It, you know, I've been in different clubs and different professional environments and and cultures, and, and you you see a lot of different people kind of in it for themselves, and not everybody, you know, quote unquote, rowing the same way and and trying to push the club forward. And when I walked out. No, it was a, it, you know, a clear thing, you know, minus the RFK and their, and, and you know, the rats and stuff like that running around. <laughs> it was, um, you know, Dave and Ben, it's like, you know, Nolan, it's like everybody just wants the same thing for the club <laughs> and the passion that everybody has for the game. And then, uh, you know, how do we move not only DC United's project forward, but but, you know, Soccer in this city and in this area for, so when I walked out, I was just very excited and when Dave called and offered me the job, I you know didn't even think twice, and i don 't even think I asked what the salary was. I just took the job.
0: <laughs> did you end up asking what the salary was at some point though
1: I did okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I just wanted to make sure uh, you know that I, I, your, your smart soccer mind just wanted to make sure your business acumen was up to speed as well <laughs> exactly um you know. <sighs> That's hard for me as a DC United fan to hear because what my attitude has been over the last five or six years is there are a lot of passionate people who work within the United organization that are, and here's the, here's the the kind of negative part that are making the best of the situation. and You seem like another person who was like, oh, I was really impressed. And Dave Casper really impressive. Ben Olsen, nosy bleeds for the club. You, obviously, very passionate about the club. It's hard to reconcile that attitude with what we, the fans, kind of see, which is you're still doing pay-to-play. There's still the stadium, the Audi field still isn't done yet. Um, The training is still at RFK, even though we see that there's a training ground being built in, in Loudoun County. How how do we as fans uh, reconcile those two things that we struggle with as fans watching this club from outside?
1: Yeah, I think you you have to take everything and and look at it as uh, as a process of growth, you know. And I think you know one is is this, you know stadium not done. You know I I don't know the full answer, but I know that you know games at Audi Field are significantly better for everyone than they 100%. are okay, you know. And so I think, you know, Jason and ownership, it's they are putting a lot of money into these different projects. I think that the issue is there's a lot of different projects. So you see money going different directions, whether it's, you know, the investment in Loudon, which is a multi-million dollar investment in terms of our youth, you know, and it's, um, you know, when you look at the stadium they're building out there, the training ground, you know, the investment in a player like Wayne Rooney, the investment in, you know, Paul's and some of these guys that we've been bringing in recently. And these are just in, you know, my two years here. So it's like, it's like, yeah, there's there's holes, there's flaws, and there. I think there are in any organization. But when you have passionate people that are all kind of pushing the same way, and you have an ownership group that is that is putting money into different things, it's, it's, it's a process. And I think you know we've got to be patient with it. Fans have to be patient with us. The fact that you know you bring in Wayne Rooney, you get a new stadium, and we go on a winning streak like that. You know, you have a Griffin Yao coming through the pipeline, and there's like three or four other ones coming through as well. Um, you know, so from, from our end, you know, we are moving away from pay to play, um, at, at, in the next foreseeable future. I don't know how long that will be, whether it's next year, year after, or whatever it might be. But that's another thing that's on the docket to go away with. So for me, it's, it's a process and it's, um, a lot of money being invested from Jason and, and the ownership, a lot of you know passionate people who are going the same way. So I think the, the future of the club is very, very bright. Um, and, and that's where I'm excited about it as well. And that's where I know, you know, Ben, and everybody else is like, oh, you know, we're heading in the right direction. Stay the course, keep putting the foundation down and uh, and good things will come.
0: You know, that, uh, and I appreciate your answer. That As as we were having the conversation, that question came into my head, and I'm like, I don't know if Ryan Martin is the guy to answer that question, uh, but I asked anyway, and you, you gave a, a, a very uh, solid, incredible answer, so I appreciate you answering that question, Ryan. Uh, my next question has to do with homegrown signings. What is that process like? And I'm not, I guess I'm not speaking about anybody in particular, because I don't want you to tip your hand as to who you guys you're looking at to give your next contract in. So let's let's talk about the 12th signing, a uh, homegrown signing, that would be Griffin Yao. How does that process work and, and in generality so that we can kind of get an idea of what the thought process is on when we start eyeballing, how long we track, and I'm talking about we as, as DC United and you guys the front office, how long we track a player, what do we need to see, and then when do we make that offer and how do we present that?
1: Yeah, again, it's kind of a collective one where you know my job as Academy Director with to, you know, first of all, identify and, and try to bring in the top talent from the DMV. So, you know, when I saw Griffin, it, he was one of the first kids I brought into the club As you know, working with VDA and, and, and their program out there. It's like, no, he, he should be on the pro pathway. He's an elite player. He's from this area. We'd like him to be with the hometown club. Griffin came in, and, you know, his first year did, you know, did quite well. And then basically over the course of the last... I'd say probably 16 months, he's really exploded in terms of his mentality and his desire to become a pro. And he's really not only put his stamp on like the Academy games, but he has put his stamp at the international level of the 17. He's done it with the, the first team at times in terms of, you know, his growth and a lot of it's just his mentality. And, and we always say, you know, at the club, you've got to have, you know, a desire, you have to have grit, you have to have resiliency. And Griff is a guy that kind of has all of those characteristics that we look for in a, in a player. After he gets, you know, a, after he's kind of gone through the academy, been quite dominant, he then moves in to basically start training with the first team. Um, so Ben and the staff can evaluate him. Now that would be an opportunity for those kids to be with the USL team as kind of that, that middle ground. But when Griff was coming through, we didn't have USL given. Um, so when he came in, he went the preseason with the first team did very very well they were very happy with him and then um Dave Casper, ben decided to extend an offer and jason ex- decided to extend the offer and uh griff wanted to be here and we're, we're excited to have him
0: it was great uh that's a great answer we had griffin on last week uh he called us just before he scored that fantastic goal against swill park rangers uh that is is it is it still up for goal of the week i saw you retweeted is it still up
1: or goal of the week? It's still up. It's still up. We're okay. hoping. We're hoping to get it. He should get
0: it. He deserves it. He really does. It was a great run and a great finish. Uh, but last week, he gave us kind of the player side of how they matriculate through and how that process works. So it was great to hear from the other side of the coin as well. Uh, which leads me, because you brought up VDA, you brought up a uh, path to, to pros, which is kind of the initiative, the pathway to pros uh, for DC United and their academy. Um, look, it's difficult to say. How come you chose those clubs to be the the unofficial feeder clubs for D.C. United's Academy? Uh, Because you can't be everywhere. However, this is a very fertile area. Uh, The DMV is is huge as far as soccer is concerned. Uh, How do you reconcile we can't be everywhere with we have to start choosing who we're going to align ourselves with?
1: Yeah. When, so when we when we established the, the the pathway to pro program, you know, our our desire was to not only improve, you know, you know the, basically improve the players in this area, but also give them an opportunity to get on the pro pathway, but also to extend our almost our quality of coaching. There's a lot of good coaches in this area, a lot of good soccer people. So you know, we asked them to come in and and. Uh, and help with things. So like when we sent our pathway to pro U-12 team down to Atlanta in the GA Cup, you know, it was run by Quan, who's, you know, one of the VDA uh, directors, and he ran the U-12s, and he, he ends up winning the GA Cup for the 12. So for us, it wasn't, um, you know, just send players in and just do this or that. No, we want to have a hand from everybody in this area that can really, really help grow the game in this area. And, and you know, can we help improve it? Can we help grow it? Can we help unite the whole Use um, soccer spectrum. So we picked basically a handful of clubs that we felt were very, um, we had to start smaller because anytime you get a lot of people involved, a lot of different minds, thoughts, et cetera, it's hard to, to push things forward. So we really wanted to go with people that saw the, the, the area the same way, wanted to see the growth. And, and together, it wasn't like DC United kind of set the rule rules, everybody agreed into it. It was everybody kind of put the groundwork together. It was, it was like months of going back and forth. And then finally, everybody came together to, to start the DMV Pathway to Pro program. And and to be honest, Griff's probably right now the poster child for yep. it, for, you know, coming from the VDA, which, you know, Matt Lacy, Mike Collins, those guys do a great job to uh, to join us, to go to the first team, to score against Batiste, to play in the USL. And like I said, hopefully he just continues to flourish and blossom. But, uh, you know, he, he's one of what could be many. And that's our thing. It's like, can we give Ben and Dave Casper the opportunities to sign the best players in this area. And, and can we have a handful of development from everybody? Um, you know, that's a big one. It's like, we don't want to say we develop Griffin now, yeah, or we develop so-and-so. It's like one is the kid plays a, a massive role into it. And many people do, but <clears throat> there's a lot of really good people doing good work. So for my end, it's like, can we collectively, the DMV soccer coaches, can we help develop these players and give them opportunities?
0: Second sticky question. Uh, I I warned you, so you knew it was coming. You should be prepared for it. What do you... How do you... How do you go about choosing uh, or thinking or recruiting non-P2P feeder club players into your system? And uh, I guess that would go back to look. Uh, I'm going to use PPA as an example because I've seen PPA play a lot. Uh, they do a lot in Montgomery County, which is where I live. Uh, is is it? Hey, you should probably be on PPA if you want to get on DC United's radar. Or hey, you, if you have a good game against PPA, that could be uh, a way to get in onto DC United's radar. Uh, how, how does it work if you are a kid who's? 12, 13 14 15 years old who doesn't play on one of these clubs but maybe wants to play on one of those clubs because their end game is to play for DC United uh, and that's where they want to be
1: yeah so uh, you know when, when you basically when you take a look at the clubs we selected and you almost map it out they're all strategically in different locations um, that, that cover a wide that basically cover the entire DMV from Baltimore all the way down um, so from our end, it's like, yeah, if you want to join us, one of the biggest things is you have to be part of one of those clubs. So whether it's you, you come straight over and you join DC United, and you want to play for our U13s, you know, and you're in on that, and then, then fantastic. Otherwise, yeah, can you go to a PPA? Can you go to our like, VDA, Loudons, you know, pipelines, and, and can you get in there? And then all of a sudden, be a part of this program and get opportunities to come over and train with our staff and train with the other staffs, so where we can we can basically create. Like an old school ODP type program within the DMV, where the kids have to compete against the top kids in the area. They have to train, and then from there, it only raises the bar and raises the level. And even if you don't end up making it to East United at 16, it's like you're still going to be growing as a, as a player just because of the exposure of quality coaches that are that we're bringing in from these clubs, also to the top players in the area playing together. Um, so whether your goal is you know professional or college, it's still raising the bar in the area, which is something that we want do as well
0: you are uh you're really good on social media especially twitter ryan i i started following you in the last six months you you tweet more than any coach i've i've seen in a long time
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of it you know obviously uh being around the young guys for the last two exactly. years it's like uh it's a great way to send messages to them and and uh Oh, different things that maybe you want them to see where you know if i told them or if i you know it, it was a you know, quote from like a bill belichick or something like that and i told them during practice they'd look at me like i'm crazy but <laughs> if i if, if i put it on twitter all of a sudden i'm i'm like the cool coach and they're all excited <laughs>
0: so it, it, it does it does work there is a use for for twitter as far as being a coach is concerned
1: Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different—it's a different form to send your message, you know, to to players to show support. To you know, whether it's you know showing support for Griff to you know be goal of the week or Connor Presley was goal of the month and to, and to show support for him and um, it, that's just another way to you know build bridges with players and, and especially like the newest, the newer generation you're looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram. You know, people were on Facebook. I don't even think people use Facebook anymore. Kids don't. But, Those kids don't. Yeah. Um, No, you're looking at Instagram, you're looking at uh, Twitter. So anything we can do to, you know, one is connect, but also to spread messages and and help uh, spread our brand. I think that the more we can do that, the better.
0: Last thing before I let you go, uh, and again, thank you for being very generous with your time, Ryan. Um, The short-term goal versus the long-term goal, or the personal goal versus the, the professional goal, as a D.C. United fan... What do you consider Loudoun United's goals uh, for this season? And for yourself personally, as far as being a coach and, and moving into this position, what's your goal for the rest of this season?
1: Yeah, I think, I think you know, one is, you know, we look collectively as, as you know, Loudoun United, the players, Academy, et cetera. You know, our our goal is to you know on a day to day basis just continue to improve and get better, and that's been the biggest thing I've asked the, of the players is, can you get better today? And whether that's a win against Swope or whether it's a loss against Louisville, it's like can we learn lessons from whatever we do and move on? And can each day of training just help us get better for the next? And then hopefully it's like you know for these are all young soccer players, so can they fall in love with the process mm-hmm. of of improvement? You know, and that's the big one. It's like being a professional soccer player isn't isn't glamorous where it's you know money and and this and that's like it's hard work and it's and it's me and someone's like no there's going to be days where it is hard and there's going to be days where it's not easy and it's how do you respond and how do you grow so can you fall in love with the process of of just getting better and then uh you know realistically we want to make the playoffs um, we we think we have a good enough team. We have enough talent. The older veterans have been great, and then so we want to make the playoffs in our first year. And uh, you know, selfishly, I would like. I hope you know my selfish goal is to get three or four guys different minutes at different times, whether it's open cups, friendlies, and just give them opportunities to play for Ben and those guys. Um, that's kind of the the big goal for our Loudon United. And then you know, for me, it's you know, personally, it's. Yeah, can I just help the guys get better, help them improve, whether it's they're staying here, whether they're going to D.C. next year, whether someone gets a chance at another MLS club overseas. is like, can I play a role in their growth and create an environment that helps them grow as players?
0: For me, this is the fascinating part of, of following and being passionate about a club, uh, especially now where, where the first team is kind of on a break outside of U.S. Open Cup stuff. Uh, just seeing what goes on in the, in the day-to-day and, and how this club is and what this club is doing to improve itself for, for the future and for first team opportunities. So it's been fantastic being able to talk to you, Ryan, and I, I appreciate you. I told you I was going to ask you to carve out a lot of time, and you did, so thank you, Ryan Martin. I appreciate it.
1: No, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Pitch Pass. This
0: is your voice. This is my red, white, and blue. This is my anthem to you. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.